We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. What up, everybody? Welcome to another week of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hill. We're fresh off a weekend where we watch UFC 239. John Jones retain his belt. Amanda Nunez do her thing. And probably the best knockout I've ever seen in, in person happened in the Octagon. So we'll talk about all of that in a little while. Uh, we also have to talk about WWE because they have a pay-per-view coming up. Um, Dre might have forgot about that. But no, a WWE pay-per-view, we have uh, AEW pay-per-view coming up, and plus, Dre's going to clue me into why I should be watching Impact, because they just had a really good pay-per-view that we'll talk about as well towards the end of the show. But first, as we start every week, we got to you know circle the Twitterverse and see what was popping this week to talk about one thing that came across my timeline, and... For the first time in a long time, Dre, we we agreed hold wholeheartedly on something. Mm-hmm. Spaghetti is not a side dish. Mm-hmm. Someone you- posted a picture of a fried catfish, a piece of white bread, and some spaghetti and meat sauce. Yeah, it's disgusting. It can't even be right. Like Look, this, it doesn't go together. It all right. So I'm not going to disparage all the Midwesterns out there because I guess this is something you guys grew up with, you know, fish and spaghetti. And, you know, Cool G Rap has talked about it. I've heard it rap songs for years. I tried it. It's terrible. I don't like it. It's a bit, <laughs> my thing is this, like, some of y'all got to remember, I grew up in New York as a kid. My grandmother's full-blooded Italian. So spaghetti was a dish, right? It was 
spaghetti with meat sauce. Or, you know, if you're poor, it was spaghetti with no meat sauce. If you're really poor, like I was at one point, spaghetti and butter. But either way, it was the main dish. If you had chicken parmesan, it rests on a bit of spaghetti. It's not a side. It's a dish. It's a whole dish. It's not like corn or some shit like that. That's a side. <laughs> corn, corn will never be a main dish. It's a side. I have a problem with those of you who eat spaghetti with bolognese and then have fish. You have meat and fish. That's weird. It's yeah, not, it's not surf and turf. That's no. not, it's not a steak. It no. does not go together. So look, man, like if that's y'all thing and y'all grew up with that, cool. But in my opinion, spaghetti is never a side dish. It's a main dish. And then on top of that, it's unhealthy for it to be a side. It's got a whole fucking bunch of carbs and shit, and it's really filling. So I don't know how any of you eat it as a side dish. That's a main course. Yeah, like the only thing I could think of is if you have some leftover from the night before. You too lazy to make a whole new side and you just threw it on a plate. But that still don't mean it go together. That just means you're hungry as hell. Yeah. Like it's we, hmm. we gotta do better, people. We gotta we gotta do better. I understand, you know, sometimes every now and then maybe, but don't cape for it. Like I've had a bologna sandwich in my day. You know, sometimes you broke, you gotta do what you gotta do. I ain't eating it now, and I damn sure ain't caping for it like it's the best sandwich in the world. I mean, it's like when I see people, you know, talk about Top Ramen being the main course. You, like, chop up hot dogs or some shit. Oh, yeah, look, man. Nope. Once you, once you, look, I never had it first and foremost. I don't, I don't care how. Like, a hot dog is a hot dog. does not belong with Top Ramen. But when you're poor, you do things to get by. That's cool. I'm not, I don't have a problem with that. Some things I just won't do. Like chitlins, just won't do it. Doesn't matter. Never will eat it. Disgusting. But this is how I grew up, and this is how I roll, and spaghetti will always be a main dish. When I go somewhere and I order spaghetti, they don't ever ask me, would you like a side of spaghetti? It's just, it, like if you go to Americanized restaurants like Olive Garden, it's a main dish. If you go to a true Italian restaurant, it's a main dish. Yeah, I've seen a side of pasta before, and I guess you could get spaghetti. But that's when you get like maybe the lamb shank or the braised veal. And it's like, okay, guess what? That doesn't have extra meat sauce. Yeah, that's gross. It's just a side of pasta. So it's it's uh, it's it's not right. And it reminds me, like, talk about elevating yourself. I've talked about my cousin Brandon on this podcast before. And I think I might have mentioned this. But he went to prison for pimping, neither here nor there. Did his time, sat it down for like a year and a half, came back. And for like four months after, occasionally he was still making spreads. Like legit prison spreads with top ramen, hot Cheetos. I I don't even rolling it up like it was a burrito and eating it. It's cheese whiz. It's disgusting. And I had to sit him down and be like, yo, my man, you're home. It's okay. Like, you don't gotta eat like this no more. So every now and then, you know, you just gotta gotta elevate yourself. Elevate that palate. Fish and spaghetti is not elevating the palate. And while I'm on my topic. I do not condone mixing spaghetti noodles and the sauce in one pot. Well, shit. Uh, Can't do it. Yeah. I mean, I have my preferences. I prefer to have them not mixed together, but it's not like, it's not going to be the end of the world if you mix it. But You never get the perfect ratio, like ever. Here's another thing. I know you've mentioned this, like baked spaghetti. It's not a thing. No. Baked ziti is a thing. Yes. Baked ziti is a thing because you layer it with sauce and mm-hmm. cheese. 
Lasagna is a thing. That's the thing. Making spaghetti and then putting it in the oven, not a thing. Listen, you do it, I question your life. Literally, my ex-wife's specialty dish to make four potlucks was baked spaghetti. When I say I had to have my fitted mad low like J-Hove, I, could, I, was, I was ashamed at this. So it is spaghetti, like you would make it, mixed all together in a big-ass pot, poured in a baking dish with copious amounts of shredded cheddar cheese on top, and then baked. Fair. Nope. Nope. She's like, it's delicious. Nope. To this day, I haven't tried it. Me and that woman were together for eight years. I refused to eat that. It's just not even right. It don't go together. I didn't eat tuna noodle casserole either, and that's the only other thing she made. A tuna noodle casserole with super overcooked egg noodles. Boy, I was living rough back then. But like stuff like, you got to elevate the palate, people. It's okay. Big Mac, friend of the show, Ryan McKittle. You know what? He put me up on game. One time I made the, the bomb pasta dish. I posted it on, on IG. And he saw I was using the, the pre-packaged shaved Parmesan flakes. He was like, oh, no, my brother. It's like, you got to buy the block. Shave it yourself. I haven't gone back since. So <laughs> I, I got I to do that for y'all. You know, every now and then, someone just try to put y'all up on game. Leave, leave the catfish for soul food sides. Have some greens. A little mac and cheese. Listen, you can have fries if you're being lazy and quick. I don't care. Leave, leave the spaghetti alone. We, we better than that now, people. My Midwestern people, we better than that. So you, you guys take that as a gem. Uh, what are some other cookout no-nos, Dre? We, we know you're, you are the pickiest guy I know. Like, mm. I come to your crib and I'm just like, he better not judge my meal. That's why I don't even fuck around and bring food no more. I bring the coquito. It's safe. It's easy. Everyone gets drunk. I'm not that. I don't judge food that bad. It's not that bad. Come on, man. Dre, you'll, you'll, you'll side eye some food, Dre. I mean, look, man. If you're making some <laughs> bullshit, I'm going to side eye it. But, you know, you, I, you've never brought bullshit. No, Big Mac no. doesn't bring bullshit. So no. some people do bring bullshit. But, uh, but no. we know when we come to your crib. We got to bring our, like, our signature dish. This shit's, like, chopped. Like, we, <laughs> we, ain't, we ain't showing up with, like, the, the B plate. Like, no, okay, Dre's having some. All right, cool. What's the theme? Yo, you all might, right. Like, I need to bring my A dish. Yeah, you might be right. All yeah, right, so, so I'll give you that. You, you, you are the, like, potato salad. I can't eat everybody potato salad. Um, some people put, too like, too much mustard in it. That's not for me. Um, I personally don't like... Uh, I go without mustard and potato salad, like, like a German potato salad. But listen, potato salad I'm picky about. And then, like you, you touched on, yo, I can't, I can't eat all these southern foods, yo. Like, I don't eat grits. Oh, man, I love grits. Grits really? are delicious. Do you put sugar in it or no, salt absolutely. and pepper? So it, I put <laughs> pepper and cheese in my grits. Why, why'd you say it like that? Like, it's sugar blasphemous? For me, it is because it defeats the purpose. Like grits are like savory. Do you put sugar on a steak? No. Damn, that's true. No, no one's putting sugar. All right, so I guess you eat oatmeal if you want something sweet. You eat grits if you want something. Nah, yeah, I don't. I don't eat grits. Um, I just don't do well with a lot of like black eyed peas. Aren't my favorite. When people make those for like New Year's, I don't eat them. 
So I, I go to these cookouts and I really got, I got to side eye some stuff. And I'm just like, yo, I, I can't do it. Someone at my job the other day told me that they were going to bring a dish made with pig snout. Nope. And that it was like from Southern Illinois in a delicacy. It's like a fried snout. And they were nice. like, yo, it tastes like, uh, I don't know, chicharron in Spanish, but I guess they're like crackling. I don't know. The pig skins. So you're like, it tastes like that, but smothered in barbecue sauce. I was like, nope. That shit sounds disgusting. Yeah, that's okay. So I can't do the chitlins. Um, you know what? Fried gizzards grew on me. So my country people, y'all got that. Like, I can mess with some gizzards. Outside of that, I don't eat none of the gross shit. Can't, can't do it. Fish and spaghetti, on that same track, Dre. I can't do it. And I refuse for people to cape on that. That's like people who defend Whataburger. You are somewhere on my, on my Chris Jericho-style list. I just can't oh, trust yeah. you. Absolutely. Gross. Horrible. Horrible, horrible, horrible. So, to move past these people with trash palettes... You know, it's nice to come on the show and, and educate some people. You know, we're all about growth here. We were also hanging out on Friday of last week before the UFC event because we went to wrestling. And we went, we checked out FSW here, local promotion in Vegas. And you were at Summer League before. We were all planning to meet up around, what, 10 o'clock at night. I'm like, cool, I'm leaving my crib. You're like, all right. I got to turn in this article. I'm going to write from my car. I'll meet you guys outside. Big Mac uh, had just left the T-Mobile. And then, no, you were still in the T-Mobile. I was still in T-Mobile. And shit hit the fan. There Not was T-Mobile, Thomas and Mac. Thomas, Thomas and Mac. Mac. And there was an earthquake. And yeah. you were not about that life. No, man. I'm not. A, I'm, dude, look. I say that, like, I've had, been asked this a lot. I'm black. And... <laughs> At the first sign of something going left, I'm out. I don't wait to see what it is. I don't ask any questions. Like <laughs> my story, like anybody who watched, because every all eyes were on the Pelicans Knicks game, RJ versus Zion, which the summer league has turned into complete trash because everybody's out. But um, that everybody was there. Seventeen thousand five hundred people were there to see this game, and it was a great atmosphere. It felt like a damn playoff game, but. You know, Zion goes out. I'm sitting there and uh, typing, writing my story. And all of a sudden, like, you know, like the weird thing, because you don't really, we don't get earthquakes out here. We don't feel things that happen in California like that. But, you know, I noticed that my, my, the, uh, the area where I sit and start was moving. And I was like, man, am I drunk? I ain't have nothing to drink. So I got up and my chair fell over. And this foreign guy that was sitting next to me, I think he was there for Hachimura. Was like, oh man, the big one is coming. That's all I had to hear. All I had to hear was my man say the big one was coming. I packed my shit up. I left. I ain't asked no <laughs> questions. I ain't listen. I was out. I was You're out acting like he's like, is he a weather guy? Like, how does he know about this? You no, just took his word for it. I don't care. I was just gonna find out. I was not about to sit there and find out what he was, what he knew or what he didn't know. I didn't care. It was time to go because I was because that's when I realized because I looked up and I saw the scoreboard swaying. And I was like, that big-ass Jumbotron? Like, Thomas and Mac was built, like, 40, 50 years ago. I ain't staying to watch that thing fall on people. So me and people, the melanated people, were immediately heading for the exits. Strange thing happened. <laughs> Look, white people, I love y'all. But y'all some crazy motherfuckers. I'm walking out. And this dude, in, in the midst of the chaos, I see one of my boys. Dapped him up. I was like, I ain't sticking around here for this shit. I'm out of here. 
He was at the convenience line. A guy in front of him, while the earthquake was happening, was ordering nachos. He didn't stop. He continued to wait for his nachos. After I left the building, was standing outside, you know, I called my wife to see how her and the kids were doing. And, uh, you know, I, my mom texted me, was like, did you feel that? I look, dude is standing outside eating his nachos. He was not, he was not going to miss out on nachos for an earthquake. Nah, man, I would have left my laptop if I could <laughs> charge it on time. I would have been, I don't play with that kind of stuff, man. Earthquake to be fair, those nachos cost like six bucks. Seven no, he, no, he ordered them during the earthquake. He wasn't waiting for them. He ordered them during the earthquake. <laughs> so between him and the man who took his order, stupid. I don't know why y'all be waiting for shit to happen. I don't, I don't do that. I don't wait for shit to happen. Mm -mm. L.A. people take that shit in stride, yo. Like earthquakes to them, nothing. I will not. I don't e take earthquakes. Easy money. There's no way. Why would I ever take some a, a natural disaster in stride? That's crazy to me. Yeah, my wow. kids didn't budge. Like my whole my whole loft was shaking. Like the third floor, like being high up, like you could feel it sway. And they were just chilling. I was like, all right. I was like, I guess you gotta get in a door frame. I didn't know this until after. So we were just chilling. I was like, all right, I was like in the shower. I got out, I was like, hey, was that an earthquake? Ran over. The kids were just hanging out, playing video games. My son's in the room, in the bed. I was like, yo, hey, you feel the earthquake? He was like, Yeah. He's like, it's alright, I'm laying down. And I was like, yo. And it's because in Kansas City, they have tornado warnings. So earthquakes ain't shit compared to a tornado. They, they yeah. blare sirens like it's the purge. You see, see the shit descending from the sky? No. Yep. That shit looks like an Avengers fight scene. I'm not waiting. I, don't, I just don't understand. Look, if I live somewhere where there's tornadoes, right? And I know tornadoes are coming and they could possibly kill people. Because that's the thing. Like hurricanes, tornadoes. When it's, like, when it's time to go, I don't know what y'all wait for. Like, I get situations where it's like, you know, we've been through enough of these. But when they say, like, look, it's bad. Or if you're in a situation where you can't control your environment. Like, if there's an earthquake. It's like if 9-11 happened and you just stood in the Twin Towers looking across. I was like, oh, it's okay. No, man, it's time to go. Like, it's time to go. Some like people whatever. did that shit, though. That's what's so That's crazy. crazy. That's crazy. Like, dog, it's time to go. They're, like... You can come back for whatever you left. Like, what does it hurt for you to leave? I don't understand that. So in tornadoes, I kind of get where people don't want to leave their house behind. Yeah. But then again, who cares if you're dead? I don't know, man. That's just me. <laughs> so people were chilling. And even then, it was our second, second earthquake of the week. And you calmed down enough for us to still go to wrestling. So the third one could have hit, and we could have been in the middle of a wrestling show. That's true. And we were like, you know what? The hell with it. But it was, listen, we risked it for a good reason because John Moxley showed up and people lost their damn mind. Yeah, it's a good night. It's so, a good night of wrestling. But yeah, that earthquake shit. Like, dog, if, that, if, if Moxie was out there and I felt something move, fuck Moxie. I'm out of there. <laughs> Gone just that quick. Dog, there's no questions. I don't ask what's that. I leave. I ask questions later when I'm alive. Your flight and ask your fight and flight response is next level. It is. I don't wait for shit. Like being in Vegas, like I grew up where every party got shot up. I never waited to find out who the shooter was ever. You just found I, out next day at school. Yeah. If, 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 and and they like when I tell y'all that they used to shoot up every. I, I used to go out every weekend as a kid. I don't know how I did it. Every weekend, 
every weekend I was at, they had a spot like called the Como Kitchen, and they had another spot called Club Celebrating, and another spot called like the Manor. It was like a big ass mansion. <laughs> My broke ass every weekend was at somebody's party getting shot at. Every weekend. <laughs> and every weekend, as soon as I hear, I didn't look. I didn't try to figure out where they were coming from. I was running. And that's all we did. I think I'm going to make a, a movie about this. Just call it running, because that's all we did. We ran. My whole childhood was running. Running from gunshots, running from everything. So an earthquake? Nope. I ain't got time for that shit, though. That's, how you, that's how you stayed thin without sports. Yeah. You were running from house parties every damn weekend. But that's Ooh. weird. You go, and your vacations are usually are like on boats, middle of the ocean. Bunch of scary shit. That ain't scary. You travel. What? A cruise is scary? Someone fell off a cruise last week. That's stupid. You fall off a cruise. Like, if you fall off a cruise ship, that's your fault. What the hell are you doing falling off a goddamn cruise ship? I mean, the sh- the rails are smaller than, like, pro wrestling rails. Like, it doesn't look tall. It's no, not like there's a baseball net holding you in. That shit's you gotta pretty easy. You got to be a easy. next level of dumb. Nah, man. You got to be a next level of dumb to fall off a cruise ship. Like, you do that, that's your fault. It ain't nobody's fault but yours. There's no way you should be falling off a cruise ship, dude. That's ridiculous. Because what, like, do you fall, like, when you walk down the stairs, you just fall off the edge of the stairs? Like, when you go down an escalator, do you just fall off the escalator? No. You like an but I, I know naturally like clumsy people, though. I've seen saying, someone just like naturally fall. You got to make an effort to fall off a cruise ship. Or you, you can be, be mad drunk. Fast. Again, that's an effort. If you, if you got to be that drunk where your ass can't stay on a cruise ship, you deserve to fall off. So I don't, none of that stuff bothers me. Things that I can't control bother me. Listen, you go, you go to exotic places like, fuck, I don't know, man. Look at the Dominican. People are going to Dominican now and just not being seen again. Yeah, I, again, the signs are there. People are dying. What the fuck am I going for? What am I doing? <laughs> Dominican's off your list then of travel locations. Yes, man. That's crazy. All right, well, listen, man, you, you value your life. I like it. You make smart decisions. You're logical. You know who else likes it? Me. I like to be alive. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the family appreciates that, too. Jesus. Not just putting yourself in harm's way. Um, yeah, man, so, so that was crazy. Those were the earthquakes. That was our kind of weekend. Then we hit Saturday, and we have UFC, UFC 239. And we're there. Pretty much the main card is the major talking point. And it did not disappoint. I, I thought it was the card in general as a whole was better than I anticipated. And it's crazy that the main card was supposed to have Ngannou versus Dos Santos on it, which would have been another great fight. That's, yeah. This was a, uh, yeah, I, I don't know how to explain it. Like, this was a, this was a card that I remember, I know somebody asked me about predictions, and I was like, well, I'm not. I'm predicting all the favorites, and two of them lost, <laughs> and bad. Um, but yeah, all around, this was a good show. The UFC had it; they had a good outing. Yeah. They don't really have like this anymore, but this one was good. No, this one was really good. Uh, Diego Sanchez, Sanchez versus Michael Chiesa. Uh, Diego has heart because I thought he was out of there a few times. Yeah, um, forget about that for a second. Did you see Kiesa's interview with Ariel Hawani? I did not. On Monday. I didn't yeah, see clips yeah. from it. Usually I see well, other clips. I saw well, uh, um, other people talk. I saw Askren talk on the show. Yeah, well, you know, he talked about uh, 
Kiesa talked about that Diego Sanchez had his fingers in his butthole. I thought it, like you know, during wrestling? In the fight, yeah. It's like a reverse fish hook. Okay. But uh I'm not surprised by this. It, it just like forget the fight. It just kind of struck me as odd. Because <laughs> I don't know, man. Like maybe I I don't know. I just maybe wouldn't share that bit of information. I don't know. I mean, I I will lie to you if I told you this is the first time I've heard of this occurring in wrestling. Like in high school wrestling, I I heard of this shit happening all the time. Okay, well, like I'm I'm not shocked, but like you said it, and I was like, oh, okay. I mean, to keep your composure is a whole different thing. Like I, I'm not trying to tell people, you know. Come out here and be full ricochet. Like this, it probably usually will kind of bother you. It's a little uncomfortable of a situation. But when you oh. got to win the fight, like, okay, I, I guess. What are you going to tell the ref? Is this in the rule book that you, that you can't stick stick someone a digit? I, I don't know. Dark. It just, I don't know, man. I don't think like, it's against the rules, Dre. I don't care if it's against the rules, but it's just, it happened. It happened. He shared that information, and I just, I just the mere thought of it is just really uncomfortable. Like, yo, somebody <laughs> in a fight, yeah, somebody fingers in the booty hole. That's crazy. And it's not, you know, there, there's people who be like, oh, you know, that's gay or whatever. No, it's not that. It's the, the surprise factor. Like, yeah. I'm in a fight, and then it's like, whoa, dude, okay. Listen, man. Not. Mm, nope. you've heard the old school guys talk about being on the bottom of a football pile like when the when the fumble's there you gotta go get the ball yeah there's some wild shit i've seen at the bottom of a football pile like a, a figure in the butt is probably not even like the craziest because at least you got pants on like people are like twisted nuts down there like if you didn't work, like people just grabbing twisting trying to get you to get off the ball i've seen someone spit in someone's ear like you know the helmets have the ear holes See someone spit in someone's ear to kind of like throw them off and shit. And that person was pissed when they got up. Titty Not twisters. Wedgies. Like every old school thing you can think of, that shit went down in the bottom of a pile. And wrestlers are even grimier than that. So I'm not surprised. Anyway, we just kind of moved off path there. Let's get back to it. And did he say fingers or finger? Like how do you, how do you get away with this? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I've moved on. I've had enough. <laughs> All right, so that took you by surprise. Nonetheless, Michael Chiesa had the focus to get through having the fingers in his butt and win the fight. Uh, couldn't stop Diego, but convincing victory for him. And I don't know. Diego's just fighting a fight at this point. He had the guy cornering him who's never cornered a UFC fight ever before. In fact, he wasn't an MMA trainer. The guy was just there for emotional support. All right. So my problem with this is, like I said this before, we the case of Diego Sanchez is an interesting one because in my mind, he's a guy who's taking a lot of punches to the head mm-hmm. um, and shows signs that if something were to happen, people would say, I'm not surprised because Diego was crazy. Right. I don't know if it's CTE. I don't know if it's dementia. I don't know what it is. Like, I know he's a weirdo. But it's one of those things that I look at him and, like, and the issue is this. It's like, if Diego's not fighting, I don't know what he does. And it worries me about what he would do if he wasn't fighting. 
which <laughs> makes me question. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, he wouldn't be a well-adjusted I, member of society. Right. Like, he was on. The, like, the crazy thing is, he was on the Ultimate Fighter one, and he won, 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 and he's still here. Whereas other people, Matt Serra, for instance. Who won? What was it three? The Ultimate Fighter three, and then knocked out George St. Pierre. Yeah, he's and in then the Hall he just of Fame back. now. Yeah, hasn't fought he's in some, what like five, six years? Longer? Probably longer than that. Shit. But like Sarah's done. He's, he's a, a trainer. trainer. Like he he trains at one of the best gyms in the world. Like Forrest Griffin's done. Like Kenny Florian's commentary. Diego Sanchez is still fighting. And but it's was it I don't, Nate Diaz number UFC? He was Ultimate Fighter, what, three? I don't know. Or was I'm that sorry, I don't, Nick? Excuse me. Like, no, no, but it was Nate, thing, Nate. Number three or something. shit. He's still fighting. But the thing is, is that Diego's never stopped fighting. Like, Nate will take time off. Like, Nate will disappear for like two years and come back. Diego, all he knows is fighting. And on top of like, if you look at Diego's record and you look at all the fights that he's been in, and you just kind of look at his personality as it's changed. There are some things that make me wonder. It's like, I don't know. Like, if maybe if you're Dana White, you, you ask him, it's like, is there something else you could do? Because at a certain point, it's, gonna, it's not going to be competitive anymore. Like, the Kiesa fight was cool, but it wasn't really competitive. No, it was never in doubt. You know, somebody could hurt him. And the crazy thing is, Gilbert Melendez fought in this very car, and those two had a balls to the wall fight. And Gilbert looked even more washed than Diego did. But. Man, I don't know. I just question like the, the interviews that Diego was doing, uh, his interview with Ariel, his interview with a bunch of other people. They were questionable. I, I worry about him. And like, is he just a weird happen, dude, though? Or is I, this CTE in front of us? Like, I'm not going to be surprised. It, it's going to be one hell of a day when these fighters get to the age where they start donating their brains. Hopefully after peaceful deaths. Yeah. But it, it's going to show people some shit tell you that much because yeah it it has to have taken its toll you would think right but that that's where we don't know it's just i see a guy like diego and i see all the warning signs and i wonder it's like should this guy be fighting and if something were to happen you know you can't say that you didn't see it it was there you just didn't really pay it any attention and it's, yeah. it's not anything like people laugh and like oh diego's crazy and i'm like oh he's <laughs> shit funny. it's diego being diego it's like manny being manny Sure, but mm, not me. I yeah. guess. Yeah, it's scary at this point. Um, second fight on the main card: Jan Blachowicz versus Luke Rockhold. Well, and it made it's it to round two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Connor ain't lied to us yet. The chin never recovers, and going up in weight just led to an even nastier knockout. And Blachowicz yeah. caught. Rocco pulling away with his hands down, caught him clean, and that was that. And I thought Rocco fought a good first round. I thought he won it on the cards. It's, man, the guy just can't survive. No. Nah. Yeah, and I made the case for him before because I said, you know, he's fought against stiff competition. Getting knocked out by Romero is not really a big deal. And Giannis pretty heavy hand, so it's not – I wouldn't say it's like a huge deal, but the question really is between the injuries, between the age, between your outside – like, why fight? Yeah. Like why get hurt? That's the question. Like just, I don't I still I, think Luke can beat a lot of people. Yeah. I just, you know If you're not competing for a title though, so what are you doing? Right. Like, like, if, if you, you, if don't you can't it. be the best, then why are you doing it? Like just go model underwear. Right. Like you good? You got mad contracts, he has to push this fight back or keep it on this card because of his little modeling gig with like 
some perfume company. So you know what, man, just just go do that. Go go date models, cause it's not it. And and it's crazy to see Khabib still going strong, but DC is close to retirement. Kane done lost it. He might just be a luchador in Mexico from now on. And Luke Rocco might be a model, like AKA just damn near a rap. Quick. And guess who's still fighting? Diego fucking Sanchez. <laughs> He'll be fighting forever. I don't... Man, that, that guy's... He's otherworldly. And he'll say so himself. Um, third fight with shit. Talking about a KO. Five seconds straight. And it, it didn't even take five. No. I feel like that's a disservice. Because Ben Askren was out after three. Yeah. And I loved everything about this fight from Jorge Masvidal, from, from his entrance to starting the fight, not touching gloves, starting the fight with his hands behind his back, which is now his trademark, to the flying knee that knocked out Askren, stiff, to the two follow-up punches, to the taunting, and of course, the post-fight interview. Like, this was a star-making performance for Jorge Masvidal. He was on everything the next day. Yeah, this was absolutely... Look, I picked Askren to win because I said if Askren would be a fool to stand there and trade with him, he's going to have to get this fight down as soon as possible. Yeah. I didn't think he'd just throw his head down to, to – like, I don't know if anybody saw the full sorry, press conference. But Masvidal was talking about how Askren is a, a magnetic to his crotch. And he was like, I don't like <laughs> guys about my crotch. And this is what happens. Like, look, man, I, I, I picked Askren. But I said if he stood there and traded with him, he would, he would get knocked out. But I didn't see this coming. Not this quick. And you're, you're absolutely right. This was like two seconds because the referee was in shock. Yeah. There were people next to us that were looking down at their computers when it happened in, in media row. Like this happened so fast. My, here was my thought process. I picked Askren since the day they announced the fight. So he's undefeated. I think he's going to smother him. He'll take him down. I think like 10 seconds before the fight, when I watched Jorge, uh, Jorge kind of pace with his hands behind his back, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> He's coming for violence. Yeah, it's, this might not be good. And, I mean, again, I didn't see that coming, but the referee was in shock. The follow-up punches, like, look, guys, if the UFC don't get, get this man a title shot. He's asked for two fights. A title fight against Usman, who's hurt, so that probably won't happen next. Or Conor McGregor. I'm not mad at a Conor McGregor. I love the Conor matchup. The problem is I don't think Conor McGregor wants that fight. Because it does so much more for Masvidal than it does for Connor. I think Connor can beat him. I mean, that it's like, fine. Because like, Jorge's not really going to take you down. And he can, I, like I, but he's not going right. But the problem, like the problem is, is that again, it's like it's a welterweight fight. Connor's not really a welterweight. Yeah, that's what it's, hurts. But this is like kind of the same thing. This is the same reasons that Cowboy fight was good. Like Masvidal was really good, but he's not tricky. He's not overly great at anything. If you can't beat him, you probably shouldn't be fighting. And that's just at that level. You know, not that Masvidal is bad by any means. I mean, the guy's earned his title shot. But if Conor is still a top five, top ten talent and just can't beat Khabib, he should be able to beat Jorge Masvidal. The styles match up. It's, it's just, you know. He's a bigger Eddie Alvarez. You know, but the problem is, is can't, like, again, it's welterweight. Will the power translate? Masvidal has, I think he's been knocked out once in his career. Once. Once. He's been in like 50 fights, 47 fights. 
47 fights. He's, he's been knocked out once. Once. And he's also the king of the split decision, which means he's durable as hell. But for whatever reason, he can't convince the judges to all give him the scorecards. <laughs> so a fight with Connor, where Connor's a guy who, if he doesn't knock you out, he's going to have a hard time in those later rounds. If you look at the, the Nate Diaz fight, like, okay, here's a question. You think Masvidal beats Diaz? Yeah, probably. This is why it's a tough fight for Connor. Because Masvidal doesn't really get tired. Yeah. The, you the, know, cardio, the cardio is Connor's biggest worry. Like, if you told me Masvidal Connor was going to be a co main for three rounds, Connor all day, every day. But it's not. Like, if they fought, it's going to be a main event. There's going to be five rounds, and Connor has to knock him out to win. If not, Connor's so, going to gas and going to get eaten alive. So, so I, I read it like this. You know, the UFC, like, if Connor's going to fight, I, he's, he's kind of running out of options here. Uh-huh. He's, so it's like, Masvidal has all the momentum. He's not going to get a title, immediate title shot because Usman's hurt. Kobe Covington fights next week against Robbie Lawler. And I Kobe think Covington. Kobe wins and gets the title shot. Exactly. Kobe wins, he gets the title shot. So that puts, puts Masvidal further back. Yep. Masvidal said he wants a money fight. That's a money fight. Do it. Now, here's the other thing. If, if it ain't him, I wouldn't mind to see Cowboy and Masvidal go at it, like, for some money. Yeah. Like, I, I just... I just with Masvidal, where he's at and what he's accomplished in his career, you got to strike while the iron's hot before he loses again because he's the king of the split decision. It can happen at any moment. He's only lost once since 2013. Benson Henderson, a five-round fight, is only lost. Who? Masvidal. You said in a five-round fight? Yep, yeah, lost to Benson Henderson in a five-round fight. I think that's his only loss since 2013. Well, that's his only five-round loss. I mean... <laughs> I don't think he's lost to anyone else. No, Masvidal's lost to Wonder Boy, Damian Meyer. Wonder he's lost to he's lost fights. Masvidal's lost a lot of fights. This is only his second win in a row. Oh, lost to Damian Meyer. Yeah, yeah, he lost to Wonder Boy. He lost to Lorenz Larkin. He lost to Benson Henderson. He lost to Ikenta. He loses fights. So when his profile is as high as it is, why risk mm-hmm. it? You know, if you're gonna cash out, cash out. If Conor wants a money fight where Masvidal is at right now, because you know the build for that fight is going to be insane. Oh, bonkers. But And Masvidal just, might try to fuck him up before they even touch the octagon. Therein lies the trouble, because is Conor really <laughs> about that life right now? Like, this is a different life. Masvidal's about that life. Yeah, Masvidal, he's not playing games. So that's the fight I want to see. I don't even want to see Masvidal fight Usman, because I just don't think Usman will be ready until next year. So... Give me Connor versus Masvidal. Give it to me now. I'm not mad at that. It was a good call up. That's one he should have done it inside the octagon. Missed his opportunity there. But even the late call up, it's smart. Made what front page on ESPN today. Yeah. The guy is still a major headline, and people want to see it. People are at the Connor point where they were with Mayweather. They kind of just want to see him lose. So whoever yeah. looks like they can beat Connor's ass. They're all for it. So, I like that fight. Um, Comain, Amanda Nunez versus Holly Holm. Uh, I said if Holly get out of the first, she can turn this into a point fight. She couldn't she get did. out of her first. She didn't, and she's Buster Douglas. Oh, the disrespect levels. 
Is it disrespect or is it facts? I mean, I guess it's closer to fact because you only held the belt, you know, for a hot, quick second. No title defenses. Just like Buster Douglas. Because she gave up her back super quick and got choked out. What's Buster Douglas known for? Beating Mike Tyson, right? Yep. Who else did Buster Douglas beat? Nobody knows. I was about to say, couldn't tell you. Holly Holm is known for what? Beating Ronda Rousey. Who else did Holly, Holly beat? Nobody knows. Damn shit. Damn did Buster even get other title shots, though? Yeah, he did. Just Nobody. kept losing. <laughs> like, I mean, he didn't even keep losing. It was just like, you know, after he got starched by Evander Holyfield when he came in looking all fat, it was kind of over from there. I think he, he fought, I think he got knocked out by Lou Savarese, if I remember correctly. But other than that, like, Buster, it was over. You know, one, like, it was the biggest win of your career, but then it was really... You know, the end of your career. You know, yeah, so in Holly's case, her beating Ronda was like the epitome. Like, it was a perfect style matchup. It was the perfect storm of events that happened with the Ronda fight. She knocked her out, had a cup of coffee with the title, did the quick, real quick talk show circuit, and then immediately dropped it to Misha Tate. Yeah. And then since then... It in a fight, and- she was dominating. Yeah. But then she's 2-4. and four. She goes in there with Amanda Nunez. And, you know, the only reason why she got the fight... It's because she's the only champion that Amanda didn't beat. And she went in there and got head kicked to hell. She's Buster Douglas. Amanda's dirty for saying, yeah, I wanted to finish her with a head kick because that's how she finishes other people. Like, she's at the point where she's so good, she's calling her shots. Yeah. That's John Jones type level. Amanda is frighteningly good. And it's it's interesting because I picked against her for a while. Like, there was fights, the Shevchenko fight, I picked against Amanda. I picked against her again. (laughs) Yeah, the, the cyborg fight, I picked against her. Um, but by the time we got here, like even the Ronda fight, I was like, ah, Ronda might be back. I think she'll hem her up. Nope. Now, come on, man. She's proven everybody wrong. She's the best woman on the planet. Um, the UFC is just going to piss. I, dog, I can't believe I've argued about this with people for like three days and telling me that Amanda has been properly promoted by the UFC. Yo, what was with that beef on Twitter? Cause you weren't in it. Which one? There was a lot of people that were arguing with me about this shit. Oh yeah. I thought you, uh. Who did you tell? Someone was like, yo, your boy Dre is going at somebody on Twitter. Ravel? Oh, yeah, it was Ravel. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot all about that. <laughs> this That's is when you know there's started. a lot of beef. Yeah, yeah I thought, like, they're like, yo, your boy Dre is going after Ravel right now. Yeah, because Ravel is an idiot, right? Like, so Dana White, this, this is my whole premise of this article, this column that I did for anybody that saw it. After the fight, uh, people were asking Dana about him promoting Amanda Nunez. Dana was like, she's a star. She's a star. And then Dana started, he picked it Darren Ravel. And Ravel, if anybody remembers, at the Cyborg fight, Ravel tweeted that the worst thing that could happen to the UFC is that Nunez will win, beating Ronda and Cyborg because she's not marketable. Yeah. And Dana called him... Cyborg is more marketable, I guess. I don't understand that. But Dana called him an idiot. And rightfully so. <laughs> Yeah. But my problem is, you're just a, 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 like you like these two white guys are arguing about who is marketing Amanda, right? But nobody's marketing Amanda. That's my issue. So, yeah. the premise of this entire column was like, look, man, you can't call her a star after the fact because there's nothing that Amanda can do now that's going to make her any bigger. You had your like when like people forget Amanda beat Shevchenko. It was on the Diaz McGregor card. So okay, that's fair. You didn't promote her. Yeah. There was so much other shit going on. Gotcha. She, won, she beat Shevchenko. She put herself in position to face Misha Tate for the title of 200. You didn't really promote her there either. Again, fair because of the turmoil that was That was the main event, though. 
No, but but I'm just saying the turmoil that happened three days before with John Jones getting pulled out, Brock Lesnar, the Anderson Silva coming in to fight Cormier. That card was a mess. Yeah. So you never really planned on marketing Amanda, pushing Amanda, because you had a lot of other shit going on. Fair. I'm not even going to argue that you could have, but you didn't. You had a lot of things. You had a lot of irons in the fire. But then she beats Misha Tate, and you book this Ronda Rousey fight for the end of the year UFC. The entire promotion around that fight was around Ronda Rousey. It had nothing to do with Amanda Nunes. And to be fair, Ronda didn't help put her over any because she wasn't doing any media. That was going to be my next point. Ronda did nothing. She did nothing for fight week. She did nothing before. And they gave her a pass. Meanwhile, Amanda is sitting there not in the commercials, not doing anything. And the UFC doesn't do anything with her. She goes out there. She wrecks Ronda in, in what, 46 seconds, something like that? Yep. That you have, might be sooner than that. But, yeah, okay. 46 sounds right. So now Amanda has wins over Shevchenko, Tate, and Ronda. Your next fight, you book her in a rematch with Shevchenko on a shitty card. You still don't promote it. The card does 100,000 buys, but the card sucks. If anybody goes back to look at that card, it was terrible. <laughs> but – more importantly, you never capitalized off the momentum of beating Ronda Rousey because now you have, you have a, a woman who is the champion who is Brazil, from Brazil. She's charming. People say she has no personality. You're fucking dumb. You have to be around Amanda. She's got, a, she's got a great personality. She's funny. But on top of that, she's got a story. She's an openly gay champion, mm-hmm. right? The first one they got. How do you not market this? Shevchenko fight happens. She wins, right? Split decision, close fight. Then she fights Rocky Pennington. Rocky Pennington kind of lucked up in that fight because she retired Misha Tate. Another shitty undercard. And again, you do nothing to tell Amanda Nunez's story. You to don't be tell fair, they gave her a shirt that week. She had a pride shirt. Come on, but nobody knows nothing. Like, nobody knows when Amanda came out. Nobody knows what it was like growing up in Brazil as a gay woman. Nobody knows nothing. How her and Nina met. Like, nobody knows nothing. And that's the other thing. I'm a journalist and I don't know any of that shit. That's my point. You, and then you have a relationship with a woman who is in the UFC. Yep. And you don't promote this. So then she goes out there and demolishes Rocky Pennington. Right? Then she fights Chris Cyborg. Another opportunity to promote this woman's story. Because at a certain point, like I've always said, you root for the fighter. You don't root for the fight. The fight is cool. And we want to see fights. But we got to pick a side. As a fan, you have to pick a side. You got to have a rooting interest in somebody. That's what Mayweather mastered. That's what pro wrestling is. Mm-hmm. A good guy and a bad guy. He gave us nothing. Amanda goes in there. She kills Cyborg in under a minute. And now Dana's like, she's a star. Dog, nobody knows nothing about her. Nothing. Nothing. Now she goes into this Holly Holm fight, another co-main event with John Jones. She kicks Holly in the head, ends it. And now it's like, and people are like, well, she's been, she's had every opportunity. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Paige Van Zandt, Sage Northcutt, they get like covers of magazines and sponsors and all this shit. They don't win nothing. They win nothing. Amanda's beating everybody. You mean to tell me that she's got the same level of promotion that these other women have had, these other fighters have had? The UFC's just had a really bad issue telling stories of people of color. They just are terrible at it. From the Tyron Woodleys of the world to the Demetrius Johnsons of the world, and now Amanda Nunez, and Amanda speaks English, you can't use that shit as an excuse. The UFC does not know how to tell stories from people of color. They just don't know how to do it. Even John Jones, what do you know about John Jones except that he's a great fighter and got caught in a bunch of bullshit? It's the only reason why he's marketable because of the turmoil that followed him that's current. You know nothing about his past. You don't, don't know who he is outside of being that. And that's why he's been allowed to get away with being a fraud. 
Daniel Cormier. What do y'all know about Daniel Cormier? Nothing. Nothing at all. Yeah, they. I mean, unless they put themselves out there, the UFC isn't putting them out there. So I have a, I have such a huge problem. So Ravel, I asked Ravel because he was like, she's not marketable. I was like, dog, everybody's got a story. You just have to be able to tell it. Everybody's got a story that connects with somebody. And, and Amanda's is kind of easy. You know, and I'm sure there's other things you can dig into, but this is a fucking layup. Yeah. In, 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 the, in the, the Me Too society that's, that's advocating for women, Pride Month just passed. This is a layup. And y'all can't tell the story? That's because the UFC is always interested in talking about the UFC and not the fighters. The UFC is also interested where Tyron Willie was one of your most dominant welterweight champions of all time. He gets met with criticism by Dana White. Kobe Covington wins an interim title in the same division. You know what he's met with? Trump. <laughs> a visit to the president's office. So, like, like people, don't give me that bullshit that, that they're not, these people are not marketable. The problem is the UFC just has no interest overall telling stories, but even less interest understanding and knowing how to project a person of color story. They just are terrible at it. And, then, and Amanda's gay, too? Come on, guys. Be better. That's why they're not stars. That's why you don't have any stars. Yeah, Amanda, I remember it was like two years ago when she first won the belt over Misha. And I went to, where was that? I went to, um, oh, it was here, AVN. So I went to AVN. And uh, if people don't know, it's the porn convention. But I went there on some sports shit. So I was asking uh, the porn stars like different sports questions. So the first year I went, it was kind of hard because a lot of porn stars don't know anything about sports. Some do, and some are wildly intelligent about sports, which is crazy. There was, like, no happy medium. Either they were, like, ESPN-level analysts, or they didn't know shit about sports. So the second year I went, I was like, yo, I got to make this something easy and something I can present to each star so they know what they're talking about. So I just got photos of every UFC champion at the time and asked them who they thought was the hottest UFC champion. So it was, like, Garbrand at the time and a bunch of other guys that, you know— you think like, okay, cool. Um, they might pick this person. The majority, I think I asked like 15, 16 porn stars. And all women, I believe. I asked all female porn stars. Seven out of the 15 picked Amanda Nunez as the hottest UFC champion. Wow. Like, they really thought she was so sexy. And they were like, oh, look at the way she looks and her body, the tattoos. They're like, oh my God, she's so sexy. I would... Oh, I want to date her, blah, blah, blah. No clue about the personality, which is even better. So it's like just the eye test from sexy people determining who's the sexiest out of all male and female champions, and they're picking Amanda Nunez. Like wow. she has it. She has something. She's marketable. You look at uh, Rapinoe right now with the U.S. Uh, women's soccer team. She's sexy as hell. Completely lesbian. She's out there. They put her her entrance yesterday to the uh, Undisputed Era theme music. I'm a fan. I might cop a jersey. Like, there's, there's different ways. She goes out there. She's outspoken. She tells her own damn story. But now it's forced other people to tell her story. She has ESPN uh, body issue cover with her girlfriend. You can't tell me Amanda and her girlfriend couldn't get the cover of something? I mean... They're in the issue. Like, they're in the issue. Somebody they're tried in to the point issue. that out. Yes, yes. Somebody pointed that out. Yeah, somebody pointed out. It's like, oh, they're promoting her. I'm like, dog, the train has left the station. Yeah. She ain't on like, the cover. Are- There's a difference between oh. having the cover. 
but but the but the point is, is like you can't like I, I think the point is is that there's nothing Amanda can do now that's bigger than what she's already done. So to try to hit your wagon to a train that has left the station is ass backwards. You promote the person who you want to be a star. You don't promote the person who's already a star. Connor's that, the greatest comparison, the greatest example of that. Yeah, like, and he's self-made. He, he like, and you know, even with Ronda, right? Like, people, you know, there's there, the people say the UFC built Ronda. No, Strikeforce built Ronda. Mm-hmm. Remember, the UFC didn't want anything to do with women. I until found so it, much on those Ronda clips from Strikeforce on like Showtime. They still have those up. Those series were great. Yeah, it's like the UFC begrudgingly accepted Ronda. After Dana said no woman will fight here, they're so close-minded. But Ronda was such an easy layup that they couldn't pass it up. They just couldn't. But the fact remains that Ronda was already built when they got her. She was already there. They didn't have to do anything. The UFCs—they're bad at telling—they're bad at telling stories overall. But at, you know, at least when you look, they look at Paige Van Zandt. They were like, "We're going to have her." They had her headline a car for Christ's sakes. <laughs> Sage headlined, I think. Making like seven. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like they had her headline a card. Like they know how to put certain people in positions to win. Colby Covington shouldn't be no star. He shouldn't be at no goddamn White House. Like, I, I don't know. Y'all tell me. If Tyron Woodley was the champion with Barack Obama in office, do you think Dana White would have took him to the White House? I think he was no, and he did it. But that's what I'm, what I'm saying. If Tyron Woodley was like, I want to go meet the president, you really think that Dana White was taking him to see there? You'd have to prove me wrong. I don't <laughs> think so. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure he Dana was going nowhere around a Barack Obama White House. That's just just my guess. But yeah, man. So I mean, Amanda won. We'll see where she goes after this. It looks like she's on a collision course with Cyborg again. If Cyborg can win this fight coming up, what two weeks? So yeah. it's it's up in the air. We'll see. It's a three round fight. Cyborg should win it. It should be cake, and then she gets another shot to get her title back, and, and we'll see. And if Cyborg wins, hopefully it doesn't derail everything Amanda's done. And then you really miss the boat. So Dana's like, she's a star now. Boom, she loses. Because that's just the UFC's luck with these things. Uh, in the main event, John Jones versus Tiago Santos. Tiago on one leg, Santos. Still brought it to John Jones. Earned a split decision loss. One guy had him up on the cards. One one judge. It was an ugly fight, in my opinion, for Jones. Purposely. His game plan was to make it ugly. To not get caught with the big shot. To be defensive. It was a Mayweather game plan in MMA. He didn't get hit a lot. He rolled off of a lot of punches. He landed more significant strikes. A lot of them with kicks, not with his hands. Opened up with the elbows late. Did just enough to win the fight. I'm not I'm not sure. It doesn't leave me with a good taste. Like I'm just like, okay. People were so hyped heading into that fight. I felt like the entire state of New Mexico was in that damn T Mobile arena. Everyone was for John Jones, and it was just kinda like, eh, alright. After it was all said and done. It was the worst fight on the main card. Yeah, but I mean, look, when John So it's the Floyd Mayweather thing, right? John's not gonna do anything stupid in a fight. The thing he does, though, is he did play with fire. And I kept saying it because I don't care what John says, what he said during the post-fight conference. When he realized that Thiago Santos's leg was hurt, didn't know what to what level it was, but when you saw him hobble, any other fighter would have took advantage of it. Yeah. John wanted to win his way. 
He wanted to embarrass Tiago by beating him with his own game plan, standing up. He didn't want to take an advantage that he didn't. It's crazy because he didn't want to take an advantage that he saw because he knew he was so much better than Tiago that he didn't have to. And it could have cost him the fight. It was close. But like Floyd, Floyd Mayweather, and this is the perfect example. Floyd Mayweather fought, fought Mike, Marcos Maidana. Nobody gave Maidana a shot in hell. Floyd came out in that fight, stood with his back against the ropes, barely moved, and fought off Maidana for 12 rounds. Won a very narrow decision that a lot of people said Maidana won. Then what happened in the rematch? Floyd dominated. Yeah. He dominated them. Because he was like, all right, you guys think that I really had a hard time with this dude? I didn't. I just really wanted to play in his wheelhouse. And he went out there and watched him in the rematch. John Jones did the same exact thing. If he were to fight Tiago Santos again after Santos heals up, he would destroy him. Yeah, probably those opportunities, him. The, those opportunities to throw that leg kick, when he saw that he was hurt, he would have thrown them. Uh, he would have probably taken him down a lot sooner because he never even shot for a takedown in this fight. Nope. He did everything he wanted to do. And it, I know that people are going to be like, oh, baby, John's not that good. John likes to leave some doubt. He likes to play with y'all <laughs> just like Floyd did. Yep. Like that OSP fight. How- it was just like, yeah. okay, like John might be a guy who fights down the competition. It's not even fighting down the competition. It's doing what I want to do because I'm too good to lose. And it's playing with fire because the, the troubling thing about that, especially in combat sports, is the decision is not yours at the end of the day. Yeah. Because what happens is when you're, when you're a guy that everybody expects to win and the opponent does more than they are expected to do, a judge will give him that round because they go, oh, shit, he did more. He might not even land more. He just did more. So against uh, the Mayweather Maidana, I thought was pretty clear for Mayweather. But people had it close because they saw Maidana do things, and they were like, oh, man, I thought Floyd was going to dominate. It's just a subconscious thing. So in the, the Jones fight, they were giving Tiago rounds because they never saw anybody had any success with John like that. And it wasn't even success. He just he landed a few things here and there, but it wasn't all that great. So if you have the rematch for whatever reason, best believe John's going to murder him. Murder him. Yeah. He's still the best fighter in the world. I mean, John in rematches against even the best in the world, like the Gus the sins of the world to dc's he just makes it look easy in rematches so it's just it's yeah, it's how not it goes fair. man it's, it's not and people poo-pooing on john saying he's not good or he's not as good or he's losing his step you're wrong you're wrong you watch that fight again john could have pulled the trigger on him so many times and he did oh and that's his ton. own arrogance might get fun but you know it, 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 he might be a little too arrogant, and it could cost him in a, a different kind of fight. But it didn't. And it's that good. Yeah, the hell of a chin. The yeah. hell of a chin on top of that. It's just, it's dangerous to turn it off and on. Absolutely. And that's, that's the key. Like, when you, you're, you're playing with fire when you're trying to turn it off and on. Um, the other thing in MMA, just in the realm of MMA, before we move on, Tito Ortiz... Wants to fight again. And he's going to fight again. And reports say he's going to fight Alberto Del Rio. How do these fights even get sanctioned? Like, what, what, just off rip, who's sanctioning this fight? I mean, it's, it's Combate, so it'll probably be in Mexico. So there's that. Or and SoCal. If you can sanction, they run SoCal. Yeah, I mean, they can do SoCal. Yeah, you're right. But, um... If you sanction a boxing match between Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor, you'll sanction anything. So this, I mean, look, man, because who is really in question here? Is it Tito or is it Del Rio? 
I mean, Del Rio has nothing to lose. Like Tito I, could I'm get just, embarrassed. So I I'm mean, just saying, like Del Rio was a mixed martial artist. People forget that he was. It's been eight years. And, yeah, but people forget that. But who's really at like that's that's why this fight gets approved. Because who's at risk? Who's the favorite? Tito's obviously the favorite. To who? Some people might pick Del Rio. I mean, I'm picking Del Rio just because I want to see Tito get knocked out. But that's just personal bias. I'm, I'm just saying. So, so yeah, it's, it's a stupid fight. But it's something <laughs> that, that will get Combate some attention. Some yeah. much needed attention. They better stack that card. They, they don't have to stack that card. Because you can stack it with anybody in Combate and nobody's going to care. Because nobody knows anybody in Combate. Yeah, but I mean, showcase the people people don't know about. Like, pull oh, a Bellator. Yeah. Like, you, you better put your other... Your best other fighter better be on that card. Yeah, yeah, you're right about that. Yeah, you, you need to get like put some title fights on there. Do whatever you have to do. Like that's how you get exposure to the talent because no way. Like we have Combate on the zone. You can. Don't, I mean, don't ask me how many times I've watched it. Don't want to know. <laughs> yeah, that's a damn shame. Some would say it's your job, Dre. Uh, I've interviewed athletes from Combates and meant to watch their fights, just never came to fruition. I will watch this clown show of a fight, though. If and when it happens, one, they got to get to the fight. Yeah. They got to make weight if there's a weight limit. Hopefully, they just fight it heavy and come in at, like, 220. Who knows? Who cares? Yeah, like, I don't want to see any weight cutting. Tito Ortiz still fighting in the year 2019. It's just ridiculous. It's Uh, crazy. Boxing this week. I don't think there's any boxing we really have to talk about. I mean, this is the only thing we really have to talk about. Is, <laughs> who the fuck is Canelo fighting? Because <laughs> nobody knows. No one knows. September 13th is coming up quick, too. He's I mean, fighting. He's still got a full camp, though. And his opponent I mean, like, still gets a full camp. When you, when you get within that eight, seven-week window, then you got to start hitting the panic button. But this is just week eight now, so they got some time. There's a lot of posturing going on. The Kovalev thing is still looming. Obviously, there's a Triple G fight. Even Demetrius is in play. But the reality is, is that Golden Boy knows what they're going to do. And everybody is just like, oh, you know, Kolev's, they'll pass on. Like, listen, there was a deadline set for the Triple G fight, and they passed the deadline, they still made the fight. All, all they do is play with people, <laughs> and then they fight them when they're ready. Like, that's really, that's all they do, because they know, like, if Canelo calls, if, 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 if Golden Boy calls Tom Lofer and, and Triple G Promotions, on August 1st, it was like, you get the fight. You think Triple G is going to say no? It's going to take the fight. Yeah. Because there's be so training much exposure. Like he's going to fight in there right now. They should already be preparing he the is. camp. They should be you know, studying tape from the first two and to see how it could get a different decision. They all are. So it's, that's, all, that's all there is right now. I'm sure you know, next week we're going to talk about Pacquiao Thurman and a bunch of other stuff. But that was the only little note that I had is that he's going to – Pick somebody soon, and don't don't believe any of the hype. So just stick with it. I just hope it's a good fight. Because there's guys out there where he can pick and just roll over on. Now it, it, I'll give it. It'll be Callum Smith, Sergey Kovalev, uh, Canelo. I mean Triple G, or maybe Andre. That's it. That there's nobody else in there. Well, there's not too many easy. I mean Callum Smith isn't like the easiest fight. Andre. Andres is no none easy of them. fight at all. Like they had, no, none like, of them. Are there's easy. no layups. They're all yeah. compelling fights, but yeah. All right. Well, I'm not mad at that. Then 
you know what? I hope the Triple G fight doesn't happen until next May because I have no more vacation time at work and I can't be traveling to New York to see this shit. <laughs> Everything else could be in Vegas and I'm happy. So let's get one of those other guys in here. Um, let's talk pro wrestling right now. So real quick, Monday Night Raw in SmackDown this week. Raw took a step back. I think SmackDown took a step forward in the go-home shows. Kevin Owens promo. It was very Steve Austin-esque, but I liked it. I mean, look, if anybody can pull off this anti-authority thing, it's Kevin Owens, right? My issue with it is we've seen this before, and I just don't like with Shane. I think they missed the bus with the Vince headbutt to really crank up him being a heel. So now he's going to be a baby face and do it with Shane. And I just don't want to see Shane anymore. Like, I think that was the point of the promo, which is why I I hit it correctly. I I mean, I hope so. But it's the, the whole point is like, as much as I like Kevin Owens, I like him as a tweener for one. Okay. Or heel. I'm not too fond of him being a baby face, but whatever, it could work if you put the right people in front of him. But again, like entering a program with Shane, unless he obliterates Shane and sends him off the face of the planet, this I don't. This does nothing for me. I feel like that's a very big possibility, and I think it's going to get over because it's the sentiment a lot of wrestling fans have. You always have a lot of hope. I do. And next Monday and Tuesday, we'll see how far this hope goes, because it's the official first days for Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff. We'll see. So, man, we've got to hope for something. I just can't be watching every week with just dread on my brain. Like, damn, this is going to suck. Like, why am I watching that? I watch with a hope. A hope that it's going to get better. I watch with a watch. I just, whatever happens, I pick up on it from there. Like I said, last week's Raw was promising, but I was like, let me see him do this for a couple months before I, you know, jump out of my skin and get excited over it. I'm I'm waiting. Yeah, and and this go-home show wasn't the greatest, but it was a go-home show for a bunch of... I don't know, a bunch of matches that were already booked. So Monday's the reset button, heading into Survivors or excuse me, SummerSlam. So we'll see. If they can book SummerSlam right and both shows feel different and they feel special, how about we bring a brand split back now that you have two different guys running it? Let's actually not have Bailey defending a SmackDown title on Raw. Let's not have Roman Reigns headline both shows. Yeah. He headlines SmackDown and Raw. Come on. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. With the Shane narrative in both ones. Like, we don't, we don't need that. Um, so, go through the card real quick. Uh, trying to find Elimination Chamber. What is this, 2019? No. Extreme Rules, dude. Oh, Extreme I- Rules. Listen, it starts with an E. Leave me alone. So, we have Extreme Rules 2019. It's all the same. And, let's see... Matches, Seth Rollins, that's the, nope, nope, let's not even start there. Uh, Revival versus the Usos. Might be on the pre-show. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Could be match of the night, might have on the pre-show. and then that Which means, is good because they get number time. Yeah, but it's just weird because, again, it, this is my problem with the pre-show. And really quick. You have a pre-show, which I don't understand why, because I, if I, the pre-show is only on the network, and it goes right into the main show. It's not like it's on USA, and then I'm like, oh, let me subscribe to the network. It's on the pre-show. But what happens is, for those of us who don't watch wrestling on time, like I don't think I, I, think I have a uh, summer league game on Sunday, I'll come home, and if I don't think to watch the pre-show, and I just go to Extreme Rules, I won't see this match. 
Yeah, and it could be match of the night. You think they should put on FS1? This might be a good candidate like UFC used to do. Yeah, some, do anything. But, uh, man, this is a match that people want to see, and it's so weird. The Revival of the Champions, and I, did, did Hawkins and Ryder, like, wrestle more than three times with the titles? No. They okay. defended it once and then lost the belts. There we go. And WrestleMania was on April 1st. Yep. So, so this is the first time, I think, it's defended on a pay-per-view since Mania. Jesus Christ. And we're in July. So I'm going to pick the Revival. I'm picking the Revival, too, and what should be a really good match. I hope so. I also believe the Usos may be on SmackDown still. I'm not sure. Nobody knows. Lord knows where these brands are. They need a whole new draft. Not a shake-up, a draft. After SummerSlam or something, because we need to reset this whole shit. Um, Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley, last man standing. You know, um... I think they did everything they could have done at that on Raw last week. Yeah, which was good. And I, and I can't foresee them outdoing this in the last man standing match to keep me interested. I'm going to pick – Bobby Lashley should win, but I think Braun's going to win. I like, think Braun wins too. Yeah, I think Braun's going to win, but it really does nothing for Braun Strowman because he's been the most de-pushed, pushed, de-pushed guy I've ever seen. He's right there, and then he's out. So – I think they'll, they'll, they may try to hit the reset. They, I don't even know what the fuck they're doing with Braun. But at least do something with Bobby. But him without Leo Rush hasn't been very fun either. So whatever. Yeah, give me Braun Strowman winning and give me the lights going out. And for the first time ever, we see The Fiend in person. And uh, I think we get a Strowman versus Bray Wyatt program. Mm, doubt it, but all right, whatever. Just have Bray Wyatt go over on Strowman. That's a pretty yeah. good guy to go over on first out the gate. I, I just don't think they're going to go that route. They still, for some reason, they go back, they keep waffling back and forth with him, so they still believe in him. So I don't think they're going to have Bray go over on him, but yeah. we'll see. Um, Ricochet versus AJ Styles. Give me time. This will be a great match. I agree. Ricochet wins just because he's been taking ass whooping lately. It's weird, though, right? Because Ricochet should win because I need him to establish that being the champion thing. Yeah. But this whole heel turn by Styles and being with the club, it feels like he should have a title or else what is he doing? I think so, they're just prepping them and they got them back together and then they'll be in a main event picture again. So kind of like Samoa Joe. You went from losing to a main event picture. Well, I mean, shit, he just came out of one against Seth Rollins. I don't know. That anyway, was a one-off. That was not a main event picture. Still a main I mean, all right, whatever. But hey, I'm going to pick Ricochet. I hope the match is just really good. That's all I care about. Um, Aleister Black versus Cesaro. I think this is going to be sneaky good. That's not sneaky good. This should be good. There's um, nothing sneaky about these Well, I two. mean, they threw this shit together in a week. Yeah, because nobody cares. Cesaro can wrestle a tomato can, and he's, he can have a really good match. He's got a great dance partner with Aleister Black. I'm picking Black to win, but I think it's going to be really good. I agree. Um, Black wins that. Daniel Bryan versus The New Day versus Heavy Machinery. Yeah. In which there was a pretty funny uh, three-way joke made by Big E on television on, <laughs> on SmackDown. That shit had me dying. Um, give me the New Day winning. Okay. Pin, pinning Rowan. Because it's time before Kofi gives up the belt for all three of them to have gold. That's true. I will say this. Give me the New Day winning if Daniel Bryan goes back on a solo run. If they win... And they're still a tag team. I don't like it. I, okay. I, just, I need Daniel Bryan. Like, have Rowan be his muscle. I don't care what you do. 
I feel like this was the Dan O'Brien rest hold, though. Like, this is how you keep him from injuring himself. You give him, like, a tag team run for four months and then back into the single seat. Maybe true. But, you know, they might go ahead and throw the tiles on heavy machinery. I think it's but still so early for them. It's never too early. It's never too early when Billy Kane and Peyton Royce can win the tag team women's titles and vanish. Listen, so they're iconic. And I think next week they have to finally defend them. First title defense since Mania for them. And it's on SmackDown, not even on pay-per-view. Whatever. Anyway, but yeah, give me the new day if Daniel Bryan and Rowan break up. If they do not, I would like to see Daniel Bryan and Rowan retain. Drew Gulak and Tony Nese, pre-show bound probably as well. Um, Gulak retains because Tony Nese had his chance with the belt. He did nothing. Yeah, exactly. Moving on. Um, Bailey versus Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Uh, give me Bailey because Sasha comes and helps her. Mm, I'm not picking Sasha to come and help her. But I will, like, we all know where this leads to, with Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross for you. I think the, the, the heat check, though, is how much will the crowd get behind Nikki Cross? Because if they figure this out and Nikki gets some, a nice little heat check, they're going to put a title on Nikki Cross. In some way, shape, or form. I wouldn't mind that. It's just so weird. But I, I, I like it. I don't, I don't mind that at all. But uh, now I have Sasha coming out, helping Bailey, and then maybe staring Bailey down and saying she wants the belt. I don't maybe, have that shit. I think we might, get, we might get heel Sasha for the first time. Uh, the hair, the hair went purple again. Nikki Cross, the last thing she said on Raw was, you go and find your own friend to help you. I, I think it, it's so coded, it's so blatant that Sasha comes back. The black and white photos ended. She's been back in the ring training. She's coming back. She's going to help Bailey, and then I think it's going to be a Sasha and Bailey program. That's too many stories. I don't want to see it. It's just too It's too much. Like, you already got the electric. They're on two different brands. Are they? They're supposed to be. You yeah. can tell as many stories as you want when you're on two different brands. Anyway, I'm going to say Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross win, and they find a way to feud. So, there's that. Um, Nikki Cross winning and pinning Bailey and not giving up the belt would be great. Yeah. Uh, Kofi versus Samoa Joe. Kofi wins. In a Samoa decent just- match. Yeah, Samoa's just a guy that's here to take the L as, a, as another opponent, so whatever. Yeah, he was just a champion, though. Like, don't act like he's just putting everyone over. No, I'm uh, just saying, he's never going to win the big one. He's not that guy. Yeah. Taker, Roman versus Shane and Drew McIntyre. I don't care, but, you know, what do they call the graveyard dogs? Yeah, they'll win. They make t-shirts for them to take in Roman Reigns, so they got to win. That's fucking ridiculous. No host barred tag team match. You know what? If Bray doesn't show up in the other one, I wouldn't mind Bray showing up here and just wrecking the Undertaker. Nope. Bray will show up around SummerSlam. This is around SummerSlam. We got this three is, weeks is, left. No. I mean, he'd probably show up at SummerSlam. Okay. Um, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't need him here either. So you keep trying to stick him in there. I don't think he, he needs to be You got to do something. Here. Those puppets can't just pop around for another month. I, I know. Just, just do it right. I just don't want him to be involved in somebody else's storyline. Have your own. Um, Rollins and Becky versus Corbin and Lacey. Jesus Christ. I mean, Rollins and Becky are going to win. If this goes on last, I'm just like, whatever. If this goes on last, Brock Lesnar is cashing in. At this point, he might as well. Because it's, it's, it's gone on too fucking long. Can we just get him off this damn briefcase now, please? Yeah. And, like, this, uh, and this match sucks. All right, let's just be clear. This whole Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch relationship on screen sucks. 
Yeah. It does nothing for either of them. It sucks. Actually, Becky's not looking too bad. This shit is cooled down Seth by Miles. He they released a shirt that said the man's man. This this is trash. Like he is it's clearly just, second fiddle. This is trash. Becky All just needs a trash. better opponent. Yeah. Like anybody. Anyone with experience, yeah. someone. Anyway, there you have it. Extreme rules. That was fun. And then to end on a happier, cheery note, real quick, Slammiversary. Which was good. And G1, which was good as well. G1 was good. Um, I wasn't as hype over the Kenta return as other people. Uh, I think he's still getting his legs back yeah. with that style. But it, it was cool. Other people were like, oh my God, this is what the WWE held him back. Like, okay, injuries held him back. But it's cool to see some of his movesets still come out. And, you know, he was fired up a little bit. I think him and Ibushi could have put on a little bit better match, but it wasn't horrible. And, uh... This man, Tanahashi versus Okada. Yeah, that was a great match. I can watch him. Yeah, I can watch him wrestle all the damn time. Osprey had a really good match, too. I mean, look, that was the guy that surprised me the most. Lance Archer's match with Real Osprey was really good. And I was like, yo, this is really. But this is what G1 does. So G1 was good. Slam Reversity was good. Tessa Blanche is a fucking star. That girl is amazing. Uh, You know, even though the match with Callahan wasn't like a five star affair, it's just. Her presence, everything that she does, Tessa Blanche is amazing. Um, Intergender Brian, wrestling is just—it's cool when done right. Yeah, uh, the Michael Elgin Brian Cage match was really good. RVD and Moose match kind of sucked. It just RVD just doesn't have it anymore. Um, LAX seems like they're done with with Impact, which kind of sucks. But yep. maybe they show up in AEW because I or in New Japan. I don't want to see them in WWE. New Japan needs them the most. That heavyweight yeah. tag division—it's stale beyond stale. I thought they would get Gallows and Anderson back. Those guys read up for five-year deals, so not yet. New Japan needs to put the push on it. Yeah, so I mean, we also got Fight for the Fallen, which we'll talk about next week. But it's a lot of wrestling, man. So if you're not, if you're, and then there's Evolve, too, on Saturday night. Evolve has a card headlined by uh, Kira Tozawa versus uh, Adam Cole for the NXT yep. title. So there's a lot of wrestling, guys. We'll talk about all of that next week. But uh, if you don't like one, there's always alternatives. That's the key, man. That's the key. That And that's our show for today. So uh, we want to thank you guys for listening. Again, treat your palates correctly. Do not put spaghetti next to fish. Got to end it off with that same note. You know, we got to remind you guys one more time. And while you're at it, make sure you guys sign up for the Patreon. New episode on there. Special episode for you guys as well. Weekly episodes being dropped on there for the Corner Club. Follow us on social media at the Corner LSN on all platforms. Me at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hale. That is the show. We are out. No more earthquakes. Peace. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance.
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. 